Jack Fence, and this is Belmont Voices, your guide to the people and their stories in one small New York neighborhood. Hello, everyone. Welcome again to Belmont Voices. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. Usually in this podcast, I'm out in the field talking to people that live in Belmont, which is a small neighborhood in the Bronx, about their experience of living there, how things have changed, maybe how they haven't, how they got there, all that sorts of thing. And we're going to get back to that. But today, I want to talk about a couple of books about New York, not necessarily talking to people in New York. Uh, I've been reading these books as part of my research, trying to understand how New York works and how we got to where we are. So we're going to talk about two books. One of them, the first one is called Fear City by Kim Phillips Fane, which is subtitled New York's Fiscal Crisis and the Rise of Austerity Politics. In case you've ever wondered, now why is New York the way it is as far as the rich and the poor? This is really interesting and locates it in a, in a particular place. The second book we're going to talk about is a book by Jeremiah Moss, and it's called Banishing New York, How a Great City Lost Its Soul. And this is more specifically about gentrification and the effects it's had on the city. A little bit different kind of book. But let's start with uh, Fear City. Fear City uh, came out in 2017, as did the other book, 2017. And uh, Kim Phillips Fain, the author, really tries to dig into what actually happened in the mid-70s when the city became very close to bankruptcy. And the argument she lays out, or the history she lays out, is how the city had uh, gotten into this terrible state of having to borrow and borrow and borrow to support these massive and incredible um, social service programs. So free tuition at, at a number of universities, the CUNY system, all of these local hospitals, uh, all like daycare, uh, all, all these different kind of services, as well as the public transit, um, uh, the how, how the war on poverty was going forward. And she really lays out that all of these kind of um, social programs came due as far as like who's paying for them in the mid-70s. And she, what happened was that a, New York increasingly got into a bad situation, and then the threat of bankruptcy began to loom really really uh, large. And she maintains that their reaction, or New York government reaction to that, of trying to elicit support from the state and from the federal government, and as there's a famous headline in the, in, um, in a local paper here in the Daily News where uh, the city fathers went to D.C. to try to get federal government help, and uh, President Ford at the time uh, denied that request, uh, thinking that the city should take care of itself by itself. And so the the Daily News r r ran this incredible headline that said, Ford to City Drop Dead, which haunted him uh, in his re-election or his election for a real term. And uh, some say that's costing the election um, as well. So a really incredible time. And this book kind of walks you through what happened and this idea of austerity. And people with money, you know, bankers, business people, coming into a whole set of social, social services and doing all these cuts and the question is that, that the author explores is who bore the brunt of the cost of changing the city and changing who the city is for and how it might work. So uh, totally worth reading. I'm going to read you just a small piece at the end of this, of this book. And by the time you finish this book, historically walking through it, you think, well, I guess the rich people won, business won, and then the city really uh, lost. And she kind of gives it a different kind of spin uh, towards the end. 
Uh, this is to quote her. Uh, History rarely moves in one direction only. Amid the prosperity that now dominates New York, there's also a desperate poverty and an acute sense that a different, older metropolis full of possibility has been lost. Even those who celebrate without ambivalence the city that as it exists today should not overlook the real suffering that followed the crisis in the 1970s and 1980s. Nor should we forget that the policy choices that brought us to this point were often made without the full participation of the people of the city itself. At the same time, it's worth noting that to this day, few other places in the United States offer as many possibilities for common public life. No matter how much the wealthy might seek to retreat into high rises from which the people below look small and insignificant, eventually they too must descend into the city streets, the life that we all share here together. And so that's how Kim Phillips Fain finishes her book, Fear City, which is the New York fiscal crisis and the rise of austerity politics. The second book I'd like to talk about or introduce you to today is Vanishing New York, How a Great City Lost Its Soul by Jeremiah Moss. Um, I'm going to bother to read his uh, bio because this book is so specifically about his reaction written in the first person and his reaction or lament about gentrification and the changes in New York City. Jeremiah Moss is the creator of the award-winning blog Vanishing New York. Uh, And it's the pen name of a, a man whose name is Griffin Hansbury. And Vanishing New York, if you haven't read this blog, really interesting. He doesn't write it as much anymore because I think he's moved on to other things uh, like this book. Uh, His writing on the city has appeared in the New York Times, the New York Daily News, online, the New Yorker, and the Paris Review. And as Hansbury, he's the author of Nostalgist, a novel, and works as a psychoanalyst in private practice in New York City. Very interesting person. Interesting book. The book takes us through sort of a, a sequence that more or less, you know, picks up maybe late 60s, but certainly into the 70s, and then kind of connects with what happened that uh, in the book that I just referenced, Fear City by Kay Phillips Fain, about like what happened to the city as it, as it changed and uh, undertook kind of austerity. And uh, Jeremiah Moss will see it as a great selling out to those people with money. He's a very particular kind of attitude towards uh, all parts of the city. The introduction, he, he claims right away, he says, that one of the great tragedies of my life is that I had the misfortune to arrive in New York City at the beginning of its end. It was 1993. He really is a nostalgic kind of person and seeing that maybe the best uh, of times was you know, already passed. And the book is in one, two, three sections, and it really kind of takes us through what happened in the East Village, the Bowery, Little Italy, how September 11th really changed uh, things, how uh, the mayors uh, are a figure heavily into this, not just Bloomberg, but Koch, uh, also Giuliani, big, big piece in there, a little bit of David Dinkins thrown in it. And then you'll talk about different parts of the city and how they changed. Uh, so the, the High Line and the Meatpacking District, ooh, that's a good chapter. And then the, uh, the High Line and West Chelsea and the Hudson Yards, what's happening there. And then Times Square. And really we'll talk about how he sees the city with this, this desire to attract as many tourists as possible and being, you know, proving itself it is as clean as possible and ultimately as suburban as possible. So the sequence of, you know, security and chain stores and making sure that tourists feel as, as comfortable as possible. So pedestrian, um, you know, blocking up streets, making pedestrian pathways, all those sorts of things. He really sees it as a loss. But like I said, he's a particular kind of person and he describes himself somewhere in the middle of this book, in just this, just, I think, terrific uh, paragraph. And he says, 
You should know, if you don't already, that I am willingly afflicted with a benign strain of nostalgie de la boue. I'm saying that wrong, I know that, but it's French for a yearning for the mud, or what journalist Herbert Muskamp called the sentimental attachment to decrepitude and sleaze, a venerable urban tradition. In 1996, Muskamp asked about Times Square. Where have they gone? The chicken hawks and stiletto knife displays, the peep show shills, pickpockets, cokeheads, winos, pimps, and tramps. We had a world-class gutter here. Must we trade it in for a shopping strip of chain retail outlets? Very interesting. And th this would be uh, very much what Jeremiah Moss is trying to argue, kind of neighborhood by neighborhood, business by business, street by street, and like what happens to New York. And he kind of sees a sequence that, that happened in the East Village um, more or less organically, then beginning to be replicated uh, in other parts of the city. In his small chapter on the South Bronx, which of course caught my eye because it's the Bronx and that's what we're kind of exploring in this podcast, it starts out by kind of referencing an, an event that was that was held in kind of a derelict part of the South Bronx, which is uh, Mott Haven at that time. Uh, that included a lot of artists and uh, that sort of thing. And he begins to point to uh, a strategy known as art washing. And he says this, the strategy uh, known as art washing, what writer Fergus O'Sullivan defined in Atlantic City Lab as a process whereby the artistic community's short-term occupancy is being used for a classic profit-driven regeneration maneuver. When a commercial project is subjected to art washing, the work and presence of artists and creative workers is used to add a cursory sheen to a place's transformation. And he sees that as like exactly where um, uh, the South Bronx is at this moment, is that uh, rather than just artists moving in because it's cheap, artists kind of brought in and encouraged to kind of bring kind of a cachet and a chicness to this underdeveloped area. He will also talk about, you know, businesses or business interests renaming parts of town, so Nomad, North Madison, or um, these kind of different pieces, or trying to figure out like Soho or NoHo and all these kind of places uh, that begin to like, so you can market a particular cachet or a particular area. Uh, which is super interesting. And uh, he talks about, you know, visiting the South Bronx, and he uh, is down there looking, <laughs> looking around, and uh, he sees people, like, going underneath kind of where uh, the Third Street Bridge is, and there's all these kind of uh, overpasses. And he realizes people are going down to what's called the Mott Haven Bar and Grill. And uh, he doesn't go there, but he knows it's kind of a chic place. And so what I did is uh, last Saturday, I went down there and met a friend for brunch in this area just to see, how, is, this, is this neighborhood tipping over and what do I experience it? And so I go to this place and it is indeed a, a gorgeous old old building that has been kind of renovated uh, a little bit, enough to, to make a, a breakfast place there. And uh, it opens at 11 o'clock on a Saturday, and my friend Jason and I show up there. Very uh, kind of windswept, cold day, and there's a lot of trash blowing around, but a lot of boarded-up buildings. But, you know, there's already a CrossFit around the corner, and uh, there's uh, you can see where there's some already established big buildings inside the kind of core near St. Jerome's Church, and then also some new buildings along the waterfront that, that face over the Harlem River into Manhattan. And so, you know, things are changing. But it's weird. I don't know that I have the same kind of uh, 
passion or nostalgia for uh, filth or the mud that uh, the author Jeremiah Moss does. I mean, I've lived in the city uh, in the late 80s, 90s, uh, and then now. And yeah, things change and things seem less authentic and there's more uh, tourists and more chain stores. But uh, I, and I do agree that's, that's different. But it's hard when I'm down there in this area that's tipping over. I'm just like, wow, it's a nice breakfast. Uh, but I highly recommend this book, Vanishing New York, uh, How a Great City Lost Its Soul by Jeremiah Moss. It really gives us some insight into what's happening around us as New Yorkers.